I was I can't remember I was in uh, in uh, Sunderland I think uh, I I think I'd been to an appointment somewhere and I'd left the hospital I'd got the bus back walking back to Sunderland to get the bus back to see him and um I had my coat on inside out yeah <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking when I saw these kids were looking at me a bit strange. <laughs> He's like, how the hell do you not notice <laughs> you've not got your coat on inside out? I mean, that could have been traumatic, couldn't it? <laughs> but it's just... Um... So, yeah, I think I shall probably laugh at my dementia till the day I go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Dementia Together podcast. My name is Jessica Hubbard and I am the Deputy Editor of Dementia Together magazine. In this episode, we're talking to 70-year-old Jill Taylor in Durham. Jill was initially diagnosed with young-onset Alzheimer's while still in her 50s. However, Jill has since developed further symptoms, including some that affect her vision, and is undergoing tests to determine if she has a different type of dementia. Jill speaks to us about her life and diagnosis from her home in Seaham. Please be aware that this podcast episode discusses topics of abuse and suicide. Hello. Hi, how are you doing? I'm okay, thank you. How are you? Good, good. I'm very well, thanks. I see you've got um, company there. Is that a cat? I've got two, yeah. Oh. They're, they'll be dropping by quite yeah. frequently. They're seven-month-old kittens. Oh, bless. So don't... I, I, my daughter persuaded me. Ah, uh, yes, that is... As is the way, yes. <laughs> They're at the terrible two stage, I think. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so they don't leave me alone. I can't do anything without them. And you live in, um, is it Seam? Am I pronouncing that right? Yes. Seam. Yeah. And um, do you live on your own or with family? I live on my own, just okay. the, the two kittens. Just you and the cats, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it says on your dementia voice that you grew up in, you haven't always lived in Seam, you grew up in the New Forest. And yeah. can you tell me anything about your upbringing or your life there or anything you remember, like fond memories or? We had a little beach uh, called Goatee where okay. I lived in Totten, it was. And um, so as kids, we used to go and swim in the mud which was opposite Southampton Docks. Oh, right, so Imagine yeah. all the detritus yeah. that we were swimming in. Um, but, yeah, I think I spent most of my time outdoors and then sort of, as I got older, I used to cycle out into the forest and climb up deer towers and make a lot of noise and wonder why we couldn't see any deer. So, so... So yeah, I mean, I moved about, um, moved about from. I went and lived in Bournemouth in my teenage years. I went and, went and lived in Amesbury for a while, near two miles from Stonehenge. So I used to walk to Stonehenge, go and sit amongst the stones because it wasn't fenced in at that point. No, no. Um, and then I moved to Bournemouth. Um, so I, I've actually lived in quite a few places. Yeah, and then you lived in the Midlands for quite a, a while as well, is that right? 
I did, yes. Um, I was married and my husband and I moved up to a little village called Mousley um, in Leicestershire. Um, and we split up then and I moved to Market Harbour mm. and stayed there for about 30 years. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it suited me. It was a nice little town. Everyone knew everything. But I, I knew I was having problems with my memory at that point mm. um, because my daughter kept telling me, you need to go and see someone. I did. I was lucky. I got my doctor, and she said, "I said there's something wrong." I said there's something wrong with my memory. It's not not remembering. It's blank, mm. totally blank. So she said, "Fair enough," and she referred me to um, someone in Leicester. And I had first of all, I had the the memory nurse come out and to test me and said yes I think there's something going on here and he said I think you need to see a consultant mm-hmm. um, and then they forgot me for two years. It was at this point that Jill decided to move on to a canal boat and her diagnosis journey was put on hold. But I, I, in the meantime, I had sold my house and bought a boat. Yes, yes, yeah. I was meaning to ask you about this. <laughs> <Yes>. um, <laughs> so. I just, I think it was just fed up of struggling and, and just, I needed a change. Mm-hmm. And um, I'd spent a bit of time on somebody's narrowboat and, and I thought, I love this, I could do this. So I just thought, that's it. I put my house on the market and um, bought bought a boat. Is it something that you were considering for quite some time or was it no. a very quick decision? Really? <laughs> it just, it felt right. This yeah. big narrow boat just was fabulous. You yeah. know, water's quite important to me. So. Following her initial test and appointments, Jill had moved to another part of the country on her boat but her memory problems were becoming a problem at work and were causing her anxiety, so she decided to make some further appointments. I think, actually, I, I got married then. I met someone and I got married, and then I thought, oh, I really ought to see if they can, whether they they will see me, because I was having problems at work. Because at that time, I was working at um, the YMCA, Okay. Yeah. Homeless, sixteen to twenty-five year olds um, in the housing, and um, I was having this total blanks on whether I'd have a a support meeting one day, and the next day I would have no memory of ever seeing them. But it was really worrying. And then we got we had this new tenant, this young sixteen-year-old who. Um, He'd got attachment problems and uh, risk of um, probably a bit of a suicide risk. Mm. And I thought at that that was the bit I think that really stuck in my head. What if 
I forget to tell the night staff to actually knock on her door and to make sure she's okay at a certain time. Yeah. I forget to write in the book, this person, you know, is, is a risk to herself. Um, and it was, it was stressing me out, something terrible. So, I mean, I, my doctor signed me off. She was really good. She signed me off. Um, and then I contacted the hospital and said, I think you've forgotten me. This is back down in Leicester. And they said, oh, yeah, sorry. So I then travelled from... Um, I was living in South Derbyshire. So I travelled down from South Derbyshire to Leicestershire to the hospital. Still in her 50s, Jill didn't even consider that she could have dementia. The diagnosis came as a shock to her and affected her relationship with her partner. And after weeks of testing, um, I went into the, uh, saw the consultant and he said, you've got Alzheimer's. Mm. And it just, I, I, I was in such shock. It's the last thing I ever, ever thought. Because you would have been about um, 60 at the time, is that I right? I was 58. I don't know even why I never thought about it, but I, I just didn't dream of anything like that. And I'd only been married a year. And so I'd got all these feelings about, I'd got this husband who suddenly got numbered mm. with someone who he was possibly going to have to look after. Mm. Um, and I think I went into grieving for six months. I, I, co I couldn't really talk about it or speak, but I kept researching it. But then my husband turned abusive, just like somebody switched a light overnight, but he chose the wrong person to do it to. Um, he'd just stand there and scream at me and I'd just sit there and look at him and just say, just stop now. Just don't even bother. Um, and, and I thought, well, I didn't know what on earth was going on, but we were on this, it's 58 foot, but six foot 10 wide and there's nowhere to escape. No. Him. No. Um, and then he started smashing things. And I thought, you know what, this is this is not a place where mm. I should be. But it was my boat. I just hunted around for somewhere to go. And um, I ended up in Newbury at a, an anchor housing, sort of over 50s people, mm. flats. Um, and I, I sort of wanted to go down that way because my mother at the time, she'd got vascular dementia. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. she was in hospital. She'd been in a nursing home for mm -hmm. a year. Um, and she was, uh, it was like her last months. So I needed, I just felt I ought to be down there. 
Following her diagnosis, Jill went travelling with her daughter. They were keen to make as many memories together as possible, visiting Alaska, Canada and the US, but one trip to Seattle proved a little too memorable when Jill got separated from her daughter. I mean, what's there to see in Alaska? Oh, it's everything. Alaska's fabulous. It's, I think it's one of the best places I've yeah. been to. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, we sort of you drive, you, you drive, you go up the sort of the inside passage and, it, and it's just beautiful, all the little places. And we ended up um, a place called, I don't know, Sea Seward. I don't know how you say it, Seawood, Seward. And then my daughter and I, we caught a bus to um, Anchorage. So we went and stayed in an Airbnb in Anchorage, met one of her friends, and then we flew to... No, we didn't. Did we fly? I think we flew to Fairbanks. Okay, yeah. No, we didn't. We took a train. That's it. We took one of these glass-top trains through the Denali Park. Oh, yeah, I've heard of them, yeah. And we went to Fairbanks and, and then flew back from Fairbanks to Seattle and stayed in Seattle. Um, and then we got a Greyhound bus to Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And then um, we stayed in Vancouver. And, and all the while, I, I was on my own because my daughter and her friend were in one B&B and I was somewhere else on my oh, okay. own. Yeah, yeah. Um, they did report me missing. So there was an APP out on me at one point because I got lost. Uh-huh. I went to meet yeah. them, got lost. And they went round to my place and couldn't find me. And, uh, and my I didn't have my phone. I'd left my phone no, yeah. at this cafe, at this uh, restaurant the night before. So I thought I'd go and get this, this phone. I had no idea where the restaurant was. Um, but this is because I don't make good judgment calls. I just, I just think these things are a good idea at the time, or I can do this. Yeah. And clearly, I can't. So anyway, the police were called, and they they were climbing up the outside of the house. They yeah, got. Yeah. Um. Eventually. Um, I found the restaurant. In the meantime, we were going up the Space Needle. And I thought, oh, maybe I'll meet them at the Space Needle at 12 o'clock. So I went there. They weren't there. So I went up on my own and came back. It sounds ridiculous, me saying all this now. And then I found a taxi and I said, I left my phone in this this, uh, restaurant. Mm. And I told you what was on the on the sign on the corner, and he found this restaurant for yeah, me. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. So I just got my phone. I knocked on the window, and there's somebody in there, and they gave me the phone. It it, it was dying, so I just got this call, and they said we're at the Pike Market. So I somehow got to Pike Market. My daughter's face was <laughs> it's like thunder. Yeah. And it's like, I and mean, we can laugh about it now. I don't know 
what I was thinking, but you don't. I, I, I mean, what could have happened to me? Mm. So to recap, Jill Taylor is 70 and lives alone in Durham. She was diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's around 12 years ago while still in her 50s. Her diagnosis took several years. Jill has lived in many different places, at one point moving onto a canal boat, and has travelled extensively with her daughter, Claire. Next, Jill tells us about an art group she runs and how problems with her vision prompted her to seek further advice about her dementia diagnosis. So, yeah, so eventually... um... My mum died, and then six months later, my dad died. And um, and then the inherited the part of my inheritance. I moved up here. I thought, where can I go? I didn't feel like I was because I've moved about a bit. I never felt anywhere was at home. Yeah, couldn't afford to go back down to the New Forest. Not in a million years. Unless I won the lottery, yeah. <laughs> and um, so I, I, I'd been on holiday here for a week once in County Durham, visiting a friend, and I actually loved County Durham. So I talked it over with my daughter, and then uh, it was either here or Wales. Mm. Um. The funny thing is, here is easier to get to because my daughter lives in London, oh, Wales. Yeah. So um, we came up for a week and I looked round and then I found this bungalow and I thought, yeah, I really like it here. So I've been here five years now and, um, yeah, it's it's really nice. It's um, The people are really funny. <laughs> Just... They say it as it is. Yeah. But there's absolutely no provision for dementia up here. I was going to ask about that because you set you set up a group yourself, didn't you, for yeah. for art for people with dementia. Is that still running? And how So there is only me. Um but yeah, it's still going. And we have it's turned over different people, which I think is a, a fabulous thing that we've had people come people go um we have one couple that have been coming we don't do children's art we do adult art it's treating people like like they can yeah they're still able to do things you know jill believes the group which she called let's meet up it's very important for the members, but her dementia symptoms can make running it a challenge. The pleasure that people get from it um, is just, I mean, it's great. There's Ivan, Ivan and Dot. It, it's just such, I feel it's such an important group. And other people have heard about it, but it's, the, the thing I need is I need someone to volunteer to come and run it. Yeah, yeah. Just come and just come and do the phone calls and mm, yeah. I'm not. I 
asked me 15 years ago, no more than that probably, <laughs> 20 years ago, I would have been able to do, I could have done it, you know, with my eyes closed. But these days I struggle. I struggle with confidence to do absolutely anything. And it's, it's a real problem for me. You know, it takes me ages to look at an email because it almost scares me that I get emails coming in and I know I have to read them. Jill was originally diagnosed with young onset Alzheimer's, but since that time she has developed different symptoms. Jill is currently undergoing more tests to find out if she could have a different type of dementia. But I've got missing vision in this eye. I've got a hole in my vision. Okay, yeah. And I've had lots of tests in there and they wired my head up and flashed all sorts of patterns at me and said that there's absolutely nothing wrong with my eyes, but when they did this wiring my head up, they could see it in my brain. Mm, yeah. I have, my brain is affecting my, something in my brain is affecting my vision. And I beginning to think that this is the, whatever dementia I've got, this is what's affecting my vision. You know, I've got bits that the letters slant down. Everything is smaller on the right than it is on the left. It's almost like I can't put into words how this part of dementia affects me because yeah. it's not in any books. It's not in any um, information that, hey, each person's dementia affects them differently. Yeah, yeah. So for 12 years, I've sounded perfectly normal. And for a lot of those 12 years, I felt like a fraud. Because... I felt like I'm I'm not I've not got dementia enough mm. to say I've got dementia. And I know I know that sounds really bizarre. They've they know that I've not got um Alzheimer's. Um I had a lot of tests last June, last year, um with someone in um Newcastle who deals with more unusual forms of dementia yeah. so that he they can't say what what I've got or anything. Jill says she used to be a gregarious person, always going out, but her dementia and a knee problem can make it difficult to leave the house. A lot of the time, I get times where I can't cope with noise can't cope with too many people talking. If somebody's talking, then it's the whole room effect. You, you yeah. know, five people are talking, you can't pinpoint one person. You can only hear five all at once. Um, and that is quite stressful. So I, I tend to, if I'm outside in a cafe or pub or anything, I'll switch off because it's just too difficult. I, I tend not 
to want to go out. I do go to the art group and that's mm. it. I don't actually venture out of doors um, unless I have to go shopping. I hate shopping. I hate it with a vengeance. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, and, and this is it. I, you know, I, I've damaged my knee seven months ago. My knee collapsed. Ah, yeah. It's almost like an excuse for me mm. not going out. Yeah. Sounds awful. And I'm, I'm, the horse being quite a good gregarious. I don't know if that's the right word, but person I sort of want to go out. Um, every Sunday afternoon, about four o'clock, I used to go to out to a pub. Um, but because of my knee, walking about is yeah, yeah. too painful. So I've not really been out. And the threat of um, type 2 diabetes at the moment, so mm. I'm not drinking. Um, not that the not drinking bothers me. It was nice to have a pint of gluten-free beer, but, you know, it doesn't bother me if I don't drink. <clears throat> but um, going out with friends, meeting up with friends, that is sort of, um, enforce, you know, is I'm missing that. Um. Yeah. Despite the initial shock of being diagnosed with dementia in her 50s, Jill says she is now unashamed and wants people to educate themselves about the condition. I, d I don't get, to, I don't try not to worry about dementia anymore. Um, I'm not ashamed of it anymore. Um, I'll tell anybody and everybody, um, yeah, I've got dementia of it <laughs> you know don't you know we're mm. just because i've got dementia doesn't mean to say that i'm not the same as anybody else yes. so so yeah I, I i do get a bit passionate about anything dementia though um I, I don't know i think it makes me angry angry that angry that there's not enough funding for provision, it's angry that there's not enough. Um, there's still not enough real education, and I, and I don't think that's for the lack of trying. I think that's for the lack of people thinking that it doesn't affect them. Yeah, it's going to take another government. It's going to take a radical overhaul. Yeah. Um. And a revolution of people demanding, demanding more. Next steps. For our booklet, Diagnosing Dementia, a practical guide to assessment, visit www.alzheimers.org.uk forward slash get hyphen support or call 0300-303-5933. For personalised information and advice, call our Dementia Connect support line on 0333-150-3456 or for Welsh speakers, call 0333-00-947-400. 
Don't forget to like, share and subscribe for more Alzheimer's Society podcasts. This podcast was written and recorded by Jessica Hubbard and produced by MediaWrite. If you've been affected by the issues discussed in this podcast, you can call Samaritans for free on 116123 or for help with domestic abuse, you can contact Refuge on 0808 200 247.